Welcome to PHT in the Morning with your host, Pastor David Miller from the Pentecostal Holiness Tabernacle in Cincinnati, Ohio. Good morning and welcome to another episode of PHT in the Morning with Pastor David Miller. And I am Pastor David Miller, so we are just so thrilled that you are uh, decided to listen today and wherever you listen to this podcast on. We are on many different uh, media sites, but wherever you chose to listen, we're just so thrilled that you did. And we hope that we're a blessing to you today. That's my uh, complete intentions and hopes is to be a blessing and a help to you. We have been uh, talking for several episodes now to you about salvation stories. And I've been trying to share with you some of the great experiences uh, that I've had uh, Sometimes preaching, well, most of the time what I'm sharing with you is when I was preaching, seeing people get saved, and uh, also sometimes where I've just been and see people uh, come to know the Lord as their Savior. And today we're going to share another story with you today. This story is actually a little bit different we're still talking a salvation story, but this involves a more a, a entire revival meeting. And in this revival, I think the year I, I'm I'm 99% sure it was 1980. It could have been 81, but I'm pretty sure it was 1980. I had uh, been pastoring a church in Lebanon, Ohio. And I'd been pastoring there for two years and loved the church, had a great uh, church, a lot of good people. But uh, I was young. I started pastoring at 25. And actually, I've pastored since I've been 25 till now, uh, 67 and a half. I've pastored straight 42 and a half years with only five weeks off. And those five weeks that I've not been a pastor is what I'm going to tell you about here today. So I had resigned the church. God was blessing us. We was doing good. I had taken that church, uh, like I said, as a young man, my first church. And they had had some difficulties at the church. And there's run about 30, 35 folks. God gave us a great two-year uh, blessing or move of God or revival, whatever you want to call it. The last Sunday we was there, I remember Sunday morning, we had 168 in Sunday school, pretty good from 30. And God had blessed us to purchase a couple of buses. We'd had them on the road picking up folks for Sunday school. And everybody thought I was crazy when I resigned. And uh, But I felt like God was through with me. So I had resigned on a Sunday evening, uh, was my last service, and I was coming home, and I live in a bi-level house. So when you come in, you either got to walk straight up or straight down to either the top level or the lower level. I had 
I opened up the door and my house phone was ringing. So I quickly came upstairs and answered the phone. And this man, I usually don't use names, but I am going to use this brother's name. This pastor, uh, to me, was an icon. He was a great man, as far as I'm concerned. One of the three or four, four most important uh, men that helped form my ministry when I was young. And his name was Irvin Steele. Now, if you was from Indiana or Ohio, you knew that name. But he never got out a lot, so... He never traveled or got away from his church too much. Now, at that time, that church was a uh, run large numbers. Maybe, I, I don't want to exaggerate. I would say they run in the high 100s or to up to the middle 200s, like anywhere from 180, 220, 240 in Sunday school. So it was a good church, a good-sized church at that time. And when I answered the phone, it was Brother Steele. And he he said to me, and word travels, boy, I tell you, word travels. He just said to me, he said, and he just called me David. He was my elder. I was like at that time 27, I think, and he was probably in his, I'm going to guess, 60s or early 60s, late 50s. And he said, David, did you resign your church tonight? And I said, I did, but how did you know? It's only been an hour or so ago. He said, well, someone called and told me you did. And he said, what do you plan on doing? I said, I never thought that far ahead. He said, are you going to evangelize again? I said, probably, until I see what God wants me to do. He, and the church was up on a hill where he lived, where, where his church was, rather. He said, have you been feeling like coming up on the hill? That's what he called it. And preaching for me, I said, well, I hadn't thought about it. I said, do you want me to come? And Brother Irvin was the kind of guy wanted you to say you felt like coming. I was the kind of guy wanted them to ask me. So I said, well, do you feel like me coming for revival? He said, well, do you want to come? I'm like, if you want me to come... It's kind of humorous if you'd heard the conversation there for about the first two minutes. He said, yeah, I feel like you need to come tomorrow night and start a revival for us at the church. Now, mind you, I had just resigned. This is like an hour and a half, two hours later. And I said, well, Brother Steele, how will anybody know we're in revival? You haven't had a chance to announce it or anything. He said, well, I'll call the folks and tell them to come out tomorrow night and word will get out pretty quick. He said, just come on up and preach for me. So we went and started that revival. There was a lady that stood up. She Now, if you was on the platform or the pulpit area, if you look back on the right side, she was about the third or fourth pew back toward the inside aisle of that church. And she stood up and just simply said these words. She said, my husband and my son are both in a horrible, horrible condition in their soul. They need to be saved so bad. And 
she made a, a statement that was a pretty uh, astounding statement. She said, I have decided that I'm not going to eat or drink until God saves them. I'm going to pray and fast until God saves them. Now, to me, I thought, boy, that's, that's saying a lot. But she said this every night for, I think it was about nine or ten nights in a row. Now, we had a few that come to the Lord and got saved before this. Just about every night, someone got saved. And we just planned on going for uh, a few nights. We didn't plan on going for over a week. But then the second week come along that I think it was the ninth or 10th night. I was in the middle of my preaching and I seen about a third to a half of the church stand up, turn around and look to the back and several people walked to the back. Well, my thought was, oh my goodness, what did I say? Did I preach something wrong? Have I made a false statement? What did I do? Because I saw all these people start to walk to the back but what it was, her husband had walked in the church. And when he got to the back of that church, I, I can't really describe it to you completely, but they had several steps going up and then it leveled out. And he came to the top and he took one or two steps and he fell down and he literally started to crawl to that altar, weeping, sobbing and crying. And if anyone that was there at that time would hear this podcast, you could probably remember this. It was, a, it was a great experience, unbelievable experience. And so that man got down to the altar and it, it was the lady's husband that had said, I'm not going to eat or drink. I'm going to fast and pray until God saves my husband. Well, when he finally got to the altar, and I think he had been uh, fishing that day and got under conviction so strong that he left his fishing equipment, left the waters, uh, river or, or stream or creek, wherever he was fishing, and came to the church. He prayed that night, and God gloriously saved that man. And that, of course, the wife was ecstatic. She said, I have prayed. I've sought God. I believe God's going to save my son. And I think it was the very next night. It wasn't long. Her son came and got saved. Well, this caused revival to really break out. And we had people saved every night for the next four weeks. And that revival went four weeks and five nights every night. Two nights shy, five weeks. And actually, when I closed it, Pastor Steele told me, he said, you shouldn't close this revival, son. Uh, God's in this. And that was the first night somebody had not got saved. And in my youth, I didn't want to kill the people, although the crowds was packed every night. Uh, I thought I might be hurting and staying too long. So we closed, but every, everybody, I mean, every night, rather, somebody was getting saved. At the end of that revival, we had over a hundred people that got saved and that stood up and, and claimed 
their salvation and testified that they had repented and God had forgiven them and they was uh, uh, now a born-again Christian. On the second Sunday, halfway through the revival, uh, Pastor Steele asked for all the new converts that wanted to go to the river to be baptized. Uh, they didn't have a baptistry, I don't think, and we went to the river. And uh, me and him baptized 56 people, 56 in the water that day, and that was midway through revival. It was one of the greatest revivals I've ever been a part of, not only to preach, but just to be a part of. The conviction was so powerful and so strong every night. Um, the anticipation that somebody was going to be saved. I mean, you could, you could just sense it all through every service. It was a mighty revival. I've been asked through the years, what in the world did you preach, Brother Miller, to have all those folks get saved? What You must have really had some great sermon titles. What were they? And you know what I told him? I said, I don't really remember the sermon titles. I don't really remember hardly any. And I told him, I said, I didn't have to really preach so great. That one sister that stood up, she didn't brag about this now. She just stood up and said, I'm going to do this till my husband gets saved. Others took this serious, and they started coming out early to church to pray. And they started praying for their lost loved ones. Many folks pushed their plates back and fasted and prayed and sought God. And God gloriously responded with his spirit moving in that place until many, many, many people was born again and saved. So I never tried to take any credit for any of those folks that came to know the Lord because it truly was not me. And I want to tell you this, as great a man as he was, it wasn't Pastor Steele. It was the Lord that done the work. And it's really always the Lord that does the work. It's always him. We must uh, respond to the word of God. And when conviction hits our hearts, we must say, not like the man said in the book of Acts and said, at a more convenient season, I, I will call for thee. Don't say that. If conviction's there, it's convenient. And if there's no conviction, it's not really convenient. Don't be like the other man that said to Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that you are not only almost, but altogether such as I am, except these bonds. In other words, he didn't want him to be under the bondage he was in, uh, physical bondage, but he said, I hope, or my prayer for you is that you become like I am. In other words, a Christian, not just almost, but altogether. So if you're listening today, don't almost be a Christian. Don't look for a more convenient time. But say yes to the Lord right now, today, this morning. If you are driving in your car listening, you can pray while you're driving or pull over and pray. If you're in your home, if you're in your office at work, wherever you are, listening to this, my hope 
is that you too would say yes to the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, and say, yes, I will repent of my sins and the Lord will forgive you. So I'm telling you about this man that really started this avalanche of souls and people that got saved. But I want to give credit to his wife who made up her mind she was going to pray and seek God for her lost husband and her son. I think God honored her prayer and sent conviction. And of course, it was up to them, but I'm glad they responded and they came and asked the Lord to save them. So that was a great and a mighty revival. I could tell you about many others, and maybe I will tell you about another one or two uh, in the uh, next uh, coming episodes. But what a revival. What a move of God. You may be wondering, well, what happened to me after that? Well, I stayed there, like I said, five days, five weeks, almost four weeks and five days. And I actually had a day off. I closed on a Thursday. Friday, I didn't go anywhere. On Saturday, there was a church that asked me if I would come and help them. The pastor resigned, and they wasn't having church. And I went on Sunday, or Saturday, actually. And I pastored that church and helped them out for about 14 or 15 months. And I went there just really to help them. And uh, though I was official pastor, I told them I probably wouldn't stay. I was there to help them till they got a pastor. So then uh, I let them know on a Sunday, it would be my last Sunday. Two days later, I, became, I got voted in as the pastor of the Pentecostal Holiness Tabernacle, where I'm now pastoring. That was in, I believe that was March of 1982. This is 2020. So about 38 and a half years ago, I started pastoring the church there on Springdale Road, PHT. So God has been good to me. God has blessed me. I have a great church. If you're ever in our area, I'd like for you to visit us. But in closing this episode today, you want your loved ones saved? Pray for them. You want your spouse to be saved? Don't fuss, don't fight, don't quarrel with them. Don't force. try to force them, but pray for them. Seek God for them. And I believe God can speak to their hearts that your children and that your spouses could be saved. Why did Jesus come to this earth? One of the reasons he said it was said, he came to seek and to save that or those, in other words, that was lost. So I told one man, I said, are you lost? He said, I'm not. He was lost literally as far as uh, geographically lost. He said, I'm not lost. I've been saved for years. So I'm just telling you today, if you don't know Jesus, that's why I say if you're not saved or you're lost, you need to come to Jesus Christ. Give him your heart, and he will make a new man or woman out of you. I hope I've been a blessing to you today, and we appreciate you listening, and I hope you listen in, listen in every time with us. 
So this is Pastor David Miller, and I just want to say, go with God, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you.